0: podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, a.k.a. GigPod. I'm Stevie and on the day Scotland officially gets a roadmap out of lockdown to look ahead to the future on this particular show, we'll be looking back at previous particular games against Rangers in the lead-up to Sunday's Clash, which has been billed as a dead rubber. Now, we're going to speak about four dead rubbers today within the next half-hour for you, and joining me to do so is Rizzo himself, who turned 40 last week. <laughs> John, how was your birthday?
0: Thanks, Stevie. Thanks to all the GigPod fans that sent his happy birthday wishes as well. Uh, it was fine. I got a sensational cake, as I'm sure the GigPod... Twitter, followers or no, and uh, <laughs> I drank copious amounts of beer as well. So it was a good
1: old day. Are you back in the beer as well? You know, is, is is the cider being chopped?
0: Yes, I'm drinking uh, cools. They you know mostly if any, if any of that wonderful company want to uh, send us any great, great uh, beer, that will gladly uh, plug.
1: Did you get any new comics or a Wi-Fi upgrade, John?
0: I got some uh, Jack Kirby comics. Who's the the king of comics? If There's any comics fans out there? I've got some Jack Kirby comics. There you go. But thank you for the wishes, and I'll give you your birthday wishes on Sunday's podcast.
1: Thank you, brother. John, you have issues with Wi Fi, as we know. Wi Fi, however, wasn't invented in May 1995. Can you believe that? In May 1995, however, Celtic did beat Rangers 3 0, in one of the first dead rubbers we're going to talk about. Goals were scored by Pierre Van Hooydonk, Rudy Vata. Uh, in between, there was a sensational Craig Moore on goal. It was the last derby of the season. Celtic won it in style uh, the previous day. Celtic drew 1-1 with Rangers in a Reserve League match. That's usually what happened then. The day before we were playing Rangers, there was always a Reserve League game and there was always a decent crowd. On that particular day, it was a crowd of 8,000. What was your memories of that one, John?
0: Uh, just that it was a... Surprisingly emphatic win over Rangers. I mean, we didn't usually beat them like by three goals in their days. I mean, I know it was uh dead rubber, as we're talking about, but that's probably one of our Big Pierre's first, like most memorable days for us. Uh, his goal was a good one, and he took it down his chest and fired it home. Rudy Vata, who was a sort of Celtic cult hero, scored with a good free kick and all, which I think. The goalie could have saved. Also, Billy Thompson, who was Rangers goalkeeper, got set off that day for uh, bringing down Brian McLaughlin when he was clean through and goal. And it was, of course, always good to see Craig Moore, who I never really liked that much, score an own goal. But here's an interesting one. That season, we took seven points off Rangers.
1: Yes, I think. Am I right in saying we beat them 2-0 at Ibrooks in the Collins and McStay game? And then I think the New Year game, if I'm not mistaken, was the Paul Burns sensational volley.
0: New Year game was one each, because it was the first game, as far as I recall, back on Sky. Or the first Scottish football on Sky for ages, I think they'd done a deal. And uh, my granny had Sky, so I went and watched it in there. And in between, we get beat 3-1 at uh, Parkhead, a game that was live on STV. No, I mean, that shows you how weird that season was. We got to two cup finals. Uh, One was a horrific day but we'll never talk about. The other one was a glorious relief after six years. We beat Erdogan in the cup final, and we got seven points off Rangers, and it was uh, twelve months first season. So I mean, that that one at uh, at Hamden in the cup final sort of gave us a sort of launch pad to go on, and the next season we, for the first time in years, genuinely challenged for the title, and we probably should have won it. But no, I mean, beating Rangers three nothing didn't really have I mean, I'm it, four years older than you, but so. I was 14 when this game was played, you were 10. I mean, I know you were still a Celtic fan then, of course. But, I mean, we didn't really, like, Gear Rangers a big beating like we did that day back then. So, I think I had it on tape for years as well. I think I'll never watched it. But, I I mean, a 3-0 one, Never be sniffed at against Rangers. And, interesting enough, the game wasn't sold out either. Which, I think, showed that people were more interested in, like, the cup final. Because that game, of course, was a sellout, but... No, that was a, a memorable one.
1: Yes, well, do you want to hear my trivia from that game? Yes, go. That would be my very first Celtic v Rangers game. I was My very first one was supposed to be the one that we lost 3-1 uh, in October that year. I was in November. The one when Paul Byrne scored. You remember the one I'm uh, talking about?
0: October, I think it was.
1: End of October, 1994. That was supposed to be my first game, but uh, in my bedroom at the time, I did something stupid. I broke a light and I didn't say sorry for it and I get grounded, uh, and I wasn't allowed to go to that game. I think my dad got a ticket for it, so that was me. John, even in the early days of me being a 10-year-old, I was always a prick.
0: Yeah, you were anti-authority even then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I remember that the OG with Craig Moore was utterly sensational. I don't know how the free kick for Rudy Vata went in, probably. I mean, Andy Goram wasn't playing that day, as we talked about, I mean... Of course, Sandy Gorham had, had no chance for Pierre's finish, which was a cracker, but I'd imagine it would have been 3-0 had he been in goal. Any time Gorham was in goal, <laughs> he always seemed to have one over us. But yeah, that was my sort of general yeah. memories of that day. I thought, when it comes to 1995 and music, John, what were your memories of that? I'm mean, I not really Bruce Springsteen did a, a song in 1995. It was one of his
0: hits. What, streets of Streets of Philadelphia? I think that was ninety five. I. I'll Probably like a slide bit of Bruce fans there for not being a real fan if I go that wrong. Uh, that was also a uh, blur versus Oasis, that was 95 as well. 1995, wow, a long time ago, and Celtic weren't very good in the league that season either. So some things never change. <laughs>
1: the wars between Oasis and blur proving that beefs weren't just limited to stupid stuff like Twitter, it actually happened in real life. Moving on now to 2001, however, it was a joyous day at the end of April. Celtic under Martin O'Neill. What a fantastic result this was. Rangers now Celtic 3, 29th of April 2001. Dick Advocat was already saying how they were the best team all season, they been Rangers. Said that Celtic never deserved that. Said that generally we were lucky to win the title because Rangers had all various injury problems and whatever. They still spent mental amounts of money that summer. That was the game. Henrik Larsson scored his 50th goal of the season. Miravchik was absolutely sublime. He turned Rangers inside out. It was a, it was a glorious second-half performance. One of the things I always remember was me being a dafty. Again, this is pretty much the theme of this podcast, John. I was wearing Irish tricolour glasses, despite the fact <laughs> that I have absolutely zero Irish in me at all. A lot of fans, for what I remember, well, They took newspapers with them. Right. We were like... We were singing simply the best, we were doing the bouncing and all that, we were just mocking them. It was a true wind-up day, it was scorching, and honestly, I think just Henrik's 50th. It was also Martin O'Neill's 50th game in charge of us, and it was his 41st win. We inflicted Rangers' eighth defeat of the season on them. It was just one of the perfect days when it being a Celtic fan, John, sun split in the sky, Every fan was, just, you know, around you was just a big smile on their face. You were already there as champions. There was no pressure, but we really set a marker uh, and we just imposed ourselves and showed that Dick Advocate that we were well and truly Wally champions that season. Um, and it was the start, you could say, of our overall dominance in Scottish football as well.
0: And that was Sunday. Our uh, first win at Ibrox uh, for seven years, as far as I recall. But no, I was there and we were brilliant, as far as I remember. Rod Wallace missed a sitter in the first half, a header. He put by the post. Yes. And we dominated the second half. As you said, uh Mravchuk was brilliant. He just tore Rinders apart. Herick scored his fifth of goal of the season, then done the celebration, the fifth celebration in front of the fans. I think Sean Maloney made his Celtic debut in that game. And uh, if it wasn't his debut, it was his one of his very first games for us and he had a great flick on a header. No, he had a one-on-one, he had a great chance. A uh, wonderful ex-manager, Neil Lennon, won a tackle against uh, Lorenzo Amoruso. And it broke to Maloney, It was was like, clean through his cell, like, for the halfway line. But he saw, I think he might have panicked a bit, and he ballooned over the bar. And it was probably easier to score, I don't know if you remember that. But uh, no, that was a, a wonderful day. Just a couple of weeks before we'd won the league against St Mirren. And then a couple of weeks later, we'd win our first treble in 32 years when we beat Hibbs 3 0 when Henrik scored again and all a couple of goals. But no, that has a good one as one of our best ever wins against Old uh, Rangers at Ibrooks.
1: And you were at the Brimlin with me that game. Obviously, we weren't sitting together, but we were both at that game. I was away up at the Brimlin rear. Where did you sit?
0: Uh, I was at the front. I wasn't at like the very front because I've unfortunately been to a game at Ibrooks where I was sitting in the the very last seat beside the the segregation, the bullets and the empty seats and that was a the game where uh, Sammy missed that penalty, where if he'd scored it we'd probably have won the league. But uh, no I was in the front as far as I remember and I just remember it was sorta of surreal again that uh, after so many years I've been dire at Ibrooks. I mean that was a brilliant other team, but if you remember when we played the first team at Ibrooks that season we beat five one. Another game I was at, Alan Thompson got sent off against Rangers, which he did a couple of times. So, I mean, it was a bit, of, even though we were the best team by far that season, and it's probably one of Celtic's best teams in the last 30 years, maybe in our history, I was still a bit a shock to go to and Number one, win, and number two, won so convincingly, and we did. And it's definitely 20 years on, I don't remember. Maybe Celtic's Twitter can do something like that next month, celebrate that day, instead of just telling us people's birthdays, but you never know.
1: Carrying on the theme of me being an absolute prick as well, um, going from 1995 to 2001, back in the days when I was a teenager, they had a thing called Yahoo Chat, had Glasgow Global Chat, where basically you used to go and just wind people up. It was essentially, you know, that generation's Twitter. On that particular day after that game, I remember just playing nothing but rebel music after it, and a moderator kicked me out <laughs> um, after about 40 minutes and banned me for a week, saying I wasn't allowed because it was uh, too sectarian. Anyway, John... But 2001 gave us Limp Biscuits rolling. I knew you
0: were going to mention Limp Biscuit. Hold on a minute though. I went to see a load of dodgy heavy metal bands, and I still do. I've never seen lim- I've never seen Limp Biscuit live, and you have.
1: Frederick Dust, what a guy. A legend.
0: Back to Fred Dust. Did you have a red cap like Fred Dust used to have?
1: I did, yes. I used to have a red New York Yankees hat like Fred Dust, and regrettably, sorry to say, I used to wear it back to the front sometimes as well. <laughs>
0: Oh, Fred would appreciate it. So if it's good enough for Fred. It's good enough for us.
1: You can probably hear me dying of embarrassment here, and I'm stuttering my way along this podcast. So I'm going to conveniently just move to 2004, to a game that John wants to talk about now. 2004 was a great year. Um, again, what a season for Celtic! It was brilliant. The 0304 season after the disappointment of Seville in 0203, we really came roaring back, and we just stamped our dominance on Scottish football. We won a double. The Scottish Cup was claimed a couple of weeks after this particular game, which was Celtic 1, Rangers 0. The last-minute chip by Chris Sutton handed Celtic their fifth win of the season over that Rangers team at the time. It was a whitewash of wins over them for the first time in 30 years. I wasn't at this game. It was one of only three that I missed that entire season, home, away and in Europe. John... I'll let you take the floor as to why this is so memorable for you. And then, yet again, I will continue on the theme of me doing something stupid.
0: No, this was uh, not the best game of the season. I mean, I think we've sort of found it hard to get motivated for it, even though, I mean, a win would have made it four wins out of four in the league. Henry Larson's last ever game against Rangers, I think he only really had one chance, a header, that he could have done better with. But, I mean, Chris Sutton, I think people forget just how good a player he was. for Saturday. He was... Because you know how he's sort of more known for sort of being an opinionated media guy today, but he was a brilliant player for Celtic, absolutely brilliant. And this is one of his best moments. It was an injury time. The Rangers fans were singing in the background, like I think they were going to get some moral boost with no, no win, no, no draw, even no, no win. There you go. <laughs> and then the ball broke to Sutton, who was about 30, 35 yards out. He held off. Uh. It was Frank the ball. Frank the ball, there you go. And he chipped it for 30, 35 yards above close and it the net and just went ballistic with celebration. Everybody went ballistic. Alan Thompson, Fernando Rixon had a Barney as well. Oh, it was just brilliant. And that, just four wins out of four against Rangers. We've never done it. Unbelievable, we've never done that since. When you think you're the... Celtic dominance in recent years. We've never beat Rangers in every league game since.
1: No, know, that's mad actually. I know you been Brendan Rodgers' team in the Invincible era up against, like, Graham Murtley and Cusinha's teams.
0: No, we probably should have, but there was yet another interesting refereeing decision when uh, Griffiths was clean through, mind, and Clint Hill tackled him, and we never got a penalty, and that would have made it too anti-us. We probably still should have won that game, but whenever. But I mean, I, I mean, if you look at all the dominance we've had in the last few years up to this season, it is weird that we've never managed to beat them every single time apart from this season. And that just shows how good a team that Celtic team was. And it's just a regret, really, that number one, that team broke up at the end of that season, really, when Henry left. He was still a huge player for us. And number two, we didn't win the trail that season. I mean, we won, but was it like 24 league games in a row or something? Ridiculous like that. And Really, with the treble on a plate for us, because we only would have to have beat this Rangers team in the semi-final and then levy in the final, but we threw it away against Hibs on we a Thursday night. We are winning one so Kevin of, Thompson scored, didn't he Kevin we? Thompson scored, I We have beat 2-1, and that's a bit of disappointment, but that select team were fantastic. They are underrated. People don't talk about them enough. They were desperate to show all the best team in Scotland, which we were the season before when we didn't win the league, when we got to the uh, UEFA Cup final. But that season we were, like, we only lost, like, two games that season. There were, like, daft games to, so, like, the family and Aberdeen after we'd won the league. We really should have been invincible that season. But we'll just sort of, being Rangers four times makes up for that. And that is, and definitely because i something's top three Celtic moments, and maybe it's his best of a moment in a Celtic shirt. But I play it. it was, I hope you will listen to this. Hi, Chris.
1: 17 years ago, right enough, John, in 2004, there were some bangers released. Now I don't think you're going to be enthusiastic when I read out names like Usher, Outcast, Robert, Robbie Williams, Eric Pritz, of course. But I'll tell you my top banger of two thousand and four was What You Waiting For by Gwendolyn Stefani. What a tune.
0: Aye, no like her. Well, I've always fancied her. I've always fancied her, I suppose. No, that's a that was a good song. But uh, tell us your embarrassment of how you never managed to see this game then.
1: Uh, I was in Kos at the time, in Greece, on an an 18-30. I know, listeners, I'm sorry, but we all have to experience it sometimes. (laughs) I was on an 18-30 and I was watching it in a neutral pub, but it was full of mostly English people. What are Leeds fans, actually, more than anything, but there were a good few Rangers fans in amongst it. I got intoxicated, shall we say. (laughs) And I was kicking every, as I say, I was a pot Celtic fan, even more so, believe it or not, back then. Kicking every ball, doing what I usually do, John, just getting too invested in what's happening on the pitch. And then when Chris Sutton scored that goal after thinking, they're going to get the upper hand here, they're going to be laughing. I remember just exploding with joy and screaming in their faces. It was like that guy <laughs> at the weekend when they he ran right into Derrick Adams, the ex-Ross County oh, manager, screamed I... in his face. I, that was me, just screaming and shouting and bawling in these guys' faces. Um, it, I probably should have, for my behaviour, get done in, but I didn't.
0: And they guys, these guys weren't even Rangers fans? They were just
1: neutral? No, no, no. 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 was The majority were neutral, but there was a few Rangers fans oh, that there right. uh, screaming in their faces. And how many and, other uh,
0: Celtic fans were there?
1: Just me and one other.
0: <laughs> and you didn't get a kicking? I don't believe this.
1: Didn't get a kicking? Uh, Look, my face is still nice and perfect. But no, uh, the manager, or the barman, said to me as soon as I was at the door, he uttered the memorable words and never come back and that's when <laughs> and that was and do you know what game I also missed that season as well Of was the Henrik one the god I forgot about it as well Scottish Cup one no I, can't, I was back in time for that the Henrik Dundee United one where he scored day two goals at Tannadix no at Celtic Park it was, oh his last, of his last ever league game of course I yeah saw, I missed yeah, that yeah. I was I was greeting watching that in a different pub
0: but that was a brilliant Celtic team and one that should be fondly
1: remembered I'll tell you what wasn't a brilliant Celtic team John the 93-94 team and that is where we will finish this Dead Rubber themed podcast 30th of April 1994 Rangers won, Celtic won Celtic were barred from Ibrooks because David Murray had a moan (laughs) due to the damage uh, of seats at the Bruin I think when we beat them 2-1 Brian O'Neill scored in the last minute and that was it really we beat them 2-1 Celtic fans went mental, broke a few seats. David Murray said that Celtic should pay for it. Celtic said, no, we shouldn't. And then David Murray and the Rangers hierarchy just went, oh, well, you're bad. So a bit like me in a pub in course. <laughs> Celtic fans got the widespread treatment at Ibrox. However, one classic scene was the Celtic fan who flew a plane over the ground with a banner, Hail, Hail, the Celtics are here. Back in 1994, you didn't really see that much and it was quite a sight, wasn't it?
0: It was, aye, and uh, in contrast, as you said, to that last Celtic team that was brilliant, this Celtic team wasn't, and I went to a lot of games that season. Lucky me, and we weren't really very good at all. It was Lou Macarries, only season as manager, and as you said, we did actually win at Ibrox uh, 2-1, thanks to Alistair Maxwell, Bernier's last-minute goal. But, uh, no, that was... a. Uh, one of the few rare moments of uh, happiness that season, that plane, I suppose, and of course the goal that John Collins scored in this game.
1: It was when John Collins scored that free kick, it was like predator mania, I remember it, because then everybody seemed to just talk about those particular football bits that he wore, how he was able to bend it into the top corner, and it just became synonymous with Celtic that any time we get a free kick and Collins was over it. I mean, everybody just used to be so excited about what the result was going to be, even though since then. We've had far better free-kick takers and for all his ability with set-pieces, John Collins never scored a lot of free-kicks, for what you would think.
0: He didn't, he, but he did in on next visit to books, when uh, we went 2-0. He scored a free-kick that wasn't as good as this free-kick, but it was still a, a very good goal. Okay, so this is a low point for Celtic this season and this season, as we've said, ad nauseum on here has been an embarrassment, but... Back then, Celtic were not even finishing second. I think we finished maybe fourth in the league that season. Third or fourth. And, I mean, nearly every season was over. But, like, January, the only thing we had to play for was, like, a sort of, we'll see you next season, Rangers, after we beat them. You know what like we're going to have to end Sunday. But uh, we've still got the Scottish Cup, of course. That was a really poor Celtic team, and, like, they they did show good fighting spirit though because it couldn't have been easy to go to Ibrox with no fans, and which was, wasn't a good team. They somehow managed to knuckle down and get a point, and we probably could have won. I think Rangers equaliser was only like ten minutes to go, and it was, a it was heavily deflected as well. Eye. So I mean, that was another dead drop but and really that was sort of Lou Macari's last sort of major game as Celtic manager, and he was sacked in this summer. And Tony Burns took over. But no, I mean, I'll always be remembered for that playing, for us not having any fans. And of course, John Collins' goal, which is probably his best ever Celtic goal.
1: To that point, it was the Bookies offered the highest odds difference ever in the favourite Rangers, which is understandable. But it was official. That was like the game where it was like one of the highest odds ever for them.
0: I remember back then, like, they'd done a thing where it was a Bookies. And they had, like, because Rangers were so miles ahead, uh, it was like, who's going to win the league if Rangers won it? And we weren't even the favourites, I believe we were the favourites. So that shows that Celtic really were no much cop at all in the early 90s. I know everybody always says, oh, remember the early 90s? Aye, it was rubbish and we don't want to repeat it. What was your 1994 facts then, Stevie?
1: Well, my 1994 facts is one that's going to embarrass you, John, because it turns out that one of the top hits of 1994 was indeed Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce oh, Springsteen. You are not the fan I thought you were. You're a disgrace, you're a fraud, you're a phony.
0: Uh, apologies to the Bruce Army. out there. I was sure it was 95. Well, he won, maybe you won the Oscar in 95 for it. Although like, well, there was
1: also Bon Jovi wait, always and Bobby Brown, who can play that game. Great guy, him.
0: Weirdly enough, I watched a film the other day that, John Bon Jovi wrote the song Always For, and he didn't like the film, and he wouldn't let them use the, let them use the song. Romeo Was Bleeding with Gary Oldman, I don't know if Gary said... Oldman and Lena Olin. Lena Olin, I she was superb. But uh, I watched that the other day, and interestingly enough, John Bon Jovi wrote the song, and then he didn't like the film, and he wouldn't let
1: them use it. <laughs> oh, you're going to be raging at this song, because I love it, but you're going to hate it for very different reasons. Uh, political, of course, it's the theme of one of my heroes. Things can only get better, by uh, dear. You know, you know. <laughs> uh, well,
0: three years at three. Uh, was he? I think he might have been laid later, but I'm not sure. The wonderful, wonderful Tony Blair, but,
1: uh, Anthony Blair to you. Sorry, one of the greats. Great no, game. also uh, getting away from uh, turning this into a political podcast because I know that a lot of the listeners are going to be turning off at that point. Can I just say that there was a crowd of uh, thirteen thousand at the old Celtic Park watching a reserve game on the Saturday while the first team were playing at Ibrooks in drawn, the reserve team won 3-1 against Rangers reserves. Uh, again, I remember just like all these dead rubber games we've talked about, one of the things, John, is the weather was scorching, splitting the sky and that's the weird thing, isn't it? Having a dead rubber game in like mid-March because usually these are in April and May but due to our stupidity this season, it's this early in the season where we've still got You know, what, six more games to go, isn't it, after this?
0: We've got two dead rubbers, unbelievable, I think that's the first time that's ever happened. I mean, I suppose, like, in that game in the Invincible season where we drew with him, that was, like, technically a dead rubber because we were so many points ahead of him, but we had to win the league. I know we'll talk about the game more when we do the preview podcast, but, I mean, hopefully, like, the team are up for it and motivated to make a statement in this game on Sunday.
1: At Smythe 97 he was mentioning when we were talking about this, when we put the tweet out, he mentioned the 3-0 game. It's his memorable one in 2001. At Danielle C, she mentioned the Sutton game, like yourself, John. At ON 7 he was talking about the main 1995 3-0 game that you also wanted to discuss. A couple other ones was the Nailer Fortuna game in May 2010 at Dekie67, that was his memorable, Dead Rubber. And Tony Fifortims, he mentioned the 5 1 game in 2017 as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, that course. was an absolute riot, of course. I mean, we both could have talked about that one, but.
0: The one where Neil scored that was, of course, uh, Lenny's first old old-firm game, sorry, Glasgow Derby as a uh, manager, which uh, was the start of some interesting derbies for him as a manager. Um, I think it may have been the second last game of the season, maybe.
1: Boric had to get subbed, remember? Am I not right in saying that game Boric and McGregor both went off in that, the first half?
0: I think they were both in or die. That 5 1 game was uh, unbelievable, really. I can't believe none of you uh, thought of that. I mean, no, that just shows you how far ahead we were back then. And unfortunately, it's changed a wee bit. But no doubt it'll come again soon if I get the act together. But that's for another podcast. This is about the past.
1: Yep. Well, we'll be talking more about what's happening in the present on Friday when we're going to do a wee preview ahead of the game on Sunday in between the game itself and the preview it's going to be Saturday the 20th of March which John, I believe you have a wonderful memory and know how big that particular day is why don't you tell the listeners what's so crucial about it it's your birthday well, that was a bit of An anti-climax But yes okay
0: We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it On Sunday's podcast After your birthday You can tell us What you've done in your birthday
1: What can you do Sit in and uh, moan And do podcasts About Celtic But exactly. I think we're doing I think we're doing it Admirably And we're slogging on Despite what's happening This season
0: Some might even call us heroes And to, to those people I would say yes we are
1: Thank you To all the listeners Who think that way of us Because we certainly don't <laughs> But anyway This has been GigPod episode 36 Talking about Dead rubbles. Not exactly great, not exactly exciting But it's still content and we're putting it out there for these And hopefully it keeps you going up until Friday Where we will be back with the preview show For the match on Sunday I'm Stevie, Uh, as always You can catch us everywhere you get your podcast. I don't even need to say where you need to get us anymore You already know where we are Especially if you're already listening So just share what we do Tell your pals, tell your family as well And give us a wee rating and a review It helps a lot I will sign off here and I'll let John have the final words.
0: Thanks Stevie, Uh, thanks everybody for listening don't forget to leave us ratings and reviews 5 star ratings of course, they do help and subscribe to the podcast and all the relevant platforms and we'll speak to you on Friday for the preview show